Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show radio. It's episode 607 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. And we are here with episode 607. Definitely check out the blog, andrew-alliance.com. Also update a couple of things with the Discord. You can head over to thealliancediscord.com. That'll put you right in the Discord. Daniela, we have some amazing news today. Amazing news. Yep. Big news. Big news, right? So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say so. One way to end January in just the first month of the year. Absolutely. And we have Sony buys Bungie, right? Set to buy Bungie. You know, I guess that's the appropriate thing until the deal closes out. Uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by that. And um, at the same time, not. But I want to hear your thoughts first. And let's just jump into that one at the top. I think it's pretty big. I mean, we all knew that something Sony was going to do something big down the line. They had to. We talked about this. We we like theorized about it. And obviously these kind of deals, like I mentioned for even Microsoft, it just doesn't happen overnight. Like this takes months and months of pl- planning, you know. And I guess really it just came down to who can come out with the big news first. But I mean, regardless if if Sony came out first before Microsoft and Microsoft came out after this is such a big month just for for gamers and of course people are have this concern that you know they buy Bungie then Destiny's going to be on a single platform which like the messages and everything that I see from it I don't see that happening I I really don't I think going forward maybe with with new new games new IPs yeah, I can see that being a possibility of it being a Sony exclusive. But the same thing can be said for like any any new games coming out from for Microsoft. They can do the same exact thing that they it's just like it just won't be on PlayStation. But right now, you know, with both both sides, I I don't see that happening at the moment. I can see the concern. But that's like this isn't some like pennies here that we're talking about. It's three point six billion dollars. It's a lot. You know these these companies can just dish out money like this. Yeah, but you they know have what? it. They have it to yeah. dish out. I think and, and I think this is this is, is dope. Go ahead. I I think it is. I think it's I think it's huge. I think it's a great move for for Sony. Um, and it it kind of makes sense, you know. Uh, you know, I I know I mentioned that you know they could they could pick up Konami or they could pick up Square Enix, but I I as much as I think that would be be really good power moves i don't think i think the red tape to get through that to be able to buy a company that is overseas is a lot harder than buying one that's already in the u.s and i don't think that they're gonna they're gonna make that jump unless it's really super fruitful for them but i can't picture you know a japanese studio being bought out by a u.s one to be honest yeah so so it's interesting because um, i was looking at the blog post earlier uh so for the details of the news one community multi-platform destiny 2 will stay on all current platforms and expand to new platforms that's the first thing the second thing we have here self-published creatively independent bungie maintains full creative control and publishing independence of the destiny universe and then the third thing 
same game everywhere. Every player should have an amazing Destiny experience no matter where you choose to play. And that, that's like a the, the image that they have on the blog post for this. Um, to me, it doesn't really change what I do. Right? Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, they even they even mentioned, you know, that Bungie has stated that they will still be independent. They'll still be multi-platform. That they're more so just working alongside with Sony rather than, you know, other studios that um that Sony purchased that became just exclusive. You know what I do find very interesting though, cuz Bungie was with Microsoft and then they parted their ways. Right. And then they go to Sony. <laughs> Right, they like, did the Microsoft do our thing, thing, so we're, we're they did the Activision with, with thing. Microsoft. Yeah, they did. Right, they did. They I, did. And like what a two year, like a two year gap with that, right? That's I mean, they sold crazy. off like the, the rights to Halo to Microsoft, and I, I think that I think that's a very interesting move there because you know that that wasn't too long ago that they they separated from Microsoft. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 Definitely yeah. Definitely an interesting move. And who knows? Maybe the talks are happening from then. I don't I don't know. Right, exactly. I mean, some of the Q&A pretty much answers some of the questions. As Destiny 2 player, does Bungie become part of PlayStation? Have any immediate impact on how I play and experience Destiny 2? And it says no. Uh, next question says here, will the Destiny 2 experience on non PlayStation platforms be impacted by Bungie becoming part of PlayStation? The answer is no. Will any announced seasons, events, packs, or expansions be changed or impacted by Bungie becoming part of PlayStation? The answer is no. Pretty much everything is no here. Will Destiny 2 The Witch Queen include any platform exclusives? That's a no. The next one here says, will cross-platform features like cross-save, cross-play, the Destiny 2 companion app, or third-party apps like Destiny Item Manager be changed or removed? That's a no. Okay. And then uh, we have Bungie has future games and development. Will they now become PlayStation exclusives? That's no. The only thing that's a yes is this one here. I play Destiny on Steam, Xbox, or Stadia. Will my platform still be supported? The answer is yes. And that's where we are. That that was the uh, and that's blog post. that's really as as gamers just want to hear is to make sure that their experience doesn't change. Absolutely, and I think that's great. And what I really hope in the long run is that the way that Sony and Bungie is working this out, that Sony takes away from it. Like maybe we don't have to may have so many exclusive. Like this is so much more beneficial for us for to just just put it out there. I mean, they don't have to have every single title just be exclusive to them that they make. Right. So I really hope that that brightens or broadens their um, horizons more. So now no pun intended to the game coming out next month. <laughs> yeah, right. So last year we saw this PlayStation Discord stuff, right? And we we're like, what on earth are they going to actually do with this thing? Right. Yeah, and it happened so long ago that I forgot about it. And then, you know, here you yeah. are. First, first thing I did when I, when we I opened up uh, Discord this afternoon was um asked me to link my uh, PlayStation. Here you okay. go. Yeah. So um, easy process, no issues. Your experience with that? 
Oh, so far, no, no issues. I don't know what's going to be like on the PlayStation side. I haven't turned on my PlayStation. So, so essentially, what am I doing? Like, I can call you on while you're playing PlayStation, and you can talk to me on Discord. Is that is that the thing? Yes. <laughs> Why you say it like that? As I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we think it should do, right? That's what I'm believing it should do, right? You'd hope so. Okay, so I, think, me... I, I definitely think that the what is it? The ping, the latency, yeah, and on Discord's voice chat is a whole lot better than Sony's or Microsoft's. Okay, so this was posted on the 31st. It says messaging platform is gradually appearing. For U.S. users with more countries to follow, uh, Discord is officially rolling out on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 consoles starting today. And it says here, eight months after the announcement of the planned partnership between Sony and the messaging platform, Discord confirmed on Monday that support is gradually rolling out, which I just mentioned. And it says, if you ever connected your Discord account to another service that allows you to display your activity, it works similarly here. Once your Discord account is linked, the game you're currently playing on either PS4 or PS5 will be shown as your activity just like that. Okay. All right. So more to come on that, I guess. I guess so. I, I hope so. I, I I really hope I really hope so. I really hope that it has the voice chat. You can just jump into voice chat from your PlayStation with whoever's in your Discord or why create just another to product? Hang out. <laughs> Why just buy it, right? Yeah, I guess I could, but like you know, you can link your Xbox stuff to it too. I mean, you can't do voice chats, but you can see what they're playing, right? And same thing if they're on PC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it. I, I really enjoy Discord anyway, so it, it's all good. So, um, any other thoughts on that before we get to the next one? I'm looking at my PS5 now, looking for where I don't see anything to link anything. <laughs> that what? I'm looking at my PS5 dashboard right now. I don't see anywhere to link here. Mm. But I'm not playing anything. I'll mess around with it later. It's all good. Uh, next thing we have Apex Legends. New gameplay trailer showcases control mode. So I played Apex um, over the holiday break um, and a little bit uh, at the top of January. Apex is a dope game. You just have to find your right, you know, weapon that suits you, right? Uh, pretty amazing experience. Fast-paced game. I think it's dope what they're doing there. And um, I dig it. I, I I got nothing really bad to say about Apex. Uh, I think it's pretty dope. Thoughts on Apex? The, the new character, Mad Maggie, it looks definitely like just my running gun. Just go all in. <laughs> I'm down with that. It, it looks like a lot of fun. They're offering uh, some some pretty cool new skins as well too and they gave the dates for those uh yeah i don't have anything like bad to say about it it looks like a lot of fun and a new a new experience it, but what the thing is it's like if you're a solo player it's already hard to find like teammates to constantly play with and it's like regardless if you're playing duos or trios <laughs> that's already hard enough so that's my only like weird feeling as if you have nine players because I don't know too many people who will like do random cues and have a mic 
I, I feel like very few people do that now. <laughs> yeah, I usually just um, I usually just play. I don't really try to talk to anybody unless I'm yeah, playing with my brother or something like that. Game, if it's a team based game, kind of difficult. Then you're just relying of hoping like I hope these people ping. I hope they like respect the fact that I did something. Then right. you're just really hoping. Yeah, usually like the randos don't play. The way they, the game mode is supposed to be played, they don't do that. So I'm not really expecting anything from them. But Apex is pretty dope. So new gameplay trailer, uh, that is dope. Control mode is dope. Um, yeah, I, li- I like Apex. So so that's what's going on there. Uh, next thing we have is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, to star in Call of Duty film report suggests. Now, most of the movies that The Rock does, I'm, I'm cool with. I don't have any issues there. Thoughts on that? I don't think there's a single movie he's been in that I didn't like. Okay. Mummy? Did you like that? He's a... I like this character. Okay. I don't know if I really like the movie itself, but, you know, he brings these characters to life and they're enjoyable. And for for the most part, I think oftentimes that character carries the movie. I agree. I mean, Mummy's not terrible, terrible. Not great, but not terrible. It wasn't wasn't bad. I, I mean, I love that. I love that series. I think they did a pretty good job with it. Uh, one of my favorites, really, um, of all time. At least right now, right? <laughs> current time. <laughs> all time, current time. But he does great movies, and, and they're fun. Um, yeah. But not all of them are super memorable. Like Red Notice. Red Notice was fun to watch. Would I watch I it again? That. I don't know. I need to See, rewatch you, that. You really super liked it. I liked it, but then it was also very easily forgettable. At least for me. Yeah, I like all the characters in there, so I may have to. Yeah, I may have to do a, another run. It's rare that I watch a movie twice that soon, right? The same movie twice or whatever. So I may have to do another run with that one because I really enjoyed it. But, but nothing is set in stone yet about him being in Call of Duty. Film. I think it would be he would be a great addition, at, but we don't even know what the Call of Duty film where is going to take place, <laughs> what the storyline's going to be. Yeah. I I'd like it to be a nice serious film. Yeah. So yeah, I'm Nothing definitely like looking Doom. forward. Or me? Nothing like Doom. I don't I don't want another Doom. I would like a something like a serious like I think when it comes to Call of Duty film, because it's covered so many different eras and each of their own has a pretty pretty serious storyline, although short storylines. Um I think I would love to have like one that's very gritty and bloody, like saving Ryan, saving Private Ryan. Like that'd be right. kind of great. Yeah, that's all. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So let's see what else is going on with that. So uh, next thing we have is, um, you know, Halo. We gotta talk about Halo. Halo TV series, the latest trailer, powerful trailer. Um, it is Halo recently celebrated what 20 year anniversary of halo last year they dropped a halo infinite good game and i'm gonna get in trouble here i don't know if i should say it but um quiet it got quiet really fast into january okay so now i'm trying to see what they're going to do with halo okay that's not necessarily a bad thing 
It's not necessarily good either, right? So uh, Halo TV series, latest trailer. What are your thoughts? All right. First of all, Slammer, I don't really play Halo. I think I played like the multiplayer with some friends like a handful of times. So I don't know the entire lore. Okay. I don't know any lore about Halo. None. I know like I know it's a great series that is very loved by a lot of people and very well deserved. So I'm not hating on the game. So if anybody feels like it's sacrilegious that I don't know the lore of Halo, I'm sorry, but I just don't and I don't gravitate towards that game. Now with that being said, this live action I think it looks great. I mean, <laughs> from the stuff and the clips and all of these like highlights that people show from their gameplay and how impactful it was, I think it looks great. I look, I think it looked pretty spot on. Um, this is coming from somebody who has like absolutely no clue about the storyline. So much so, I didn't know that the the Halo or whatever, if you add the word the to it, was an actual item. <laughs> Okay. So I'm like, oh, that's where this series gets its name from. The, yeah, the it's actual ring item. that you can walk on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, that's so cool. I learned something new. But um, I think it looks really great. Not great enough for me to subscribe to Paramount+. Plus. Well, we, that, we need to see that. That's not going to happen to me. Uh, I, I need to see it. I definitely need to see it. So I'm looking forward for that series, uh, to that series for sure. Uh, Halo is an amazing series. It changed my view for for shooters. It, it probably put me on a map for shooters. At first, I was like, why would you want to be walking around in this suit armored thing and shooting aliens? And then you play Then you're like, wow, OK, I get it. It's amazing. And then 20 years later, here we are. Halo Infinite, you know, had some bumps along the way. Then you have some, you know, patches and, you know, some some challenges through the holiday into January. And then I think you have certain affinity doing some stuff or or rumored to be doing some things for Halo Um, Infinite. So we should see. Let's see how that plays out. And then you have the TV series that comes out in March, which we're talking about right now. So I think that um, everything has its ups and and its downs, right, for for these series and stuff like that. Battlefield kind of like. Really quiet right now. Came out over the holiday break. It's pretty quiet right now for Battlefield. And um, that's that's just where we are. And you have February, which is uh, Witch Queen for, for Bungie. So, you know, then the cycle continues with, you know, different games here and there. So I'm excited to see this. Um, I need to see it. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it, it needs to be seen when, once it drops. So uh, any other thoughts on this? I guess you're going to have to tell me how it really is because I'm not getting I'm not getting no Paramount Plus. I'll wait until like Paramount Plus gets bought up by like Netflix or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I'll watch it then or I can bump somebody else's stuff. <laughs> we we got to see it. We got to see it for sure. Uh, then I know we, we don't have it here, but I want to mention it. The new Catwoman, the DC animation film that is coming out soon or is it out already 2022 i don't remember uh, the name of it um off top but uh the new upcoming dc animation film um and i think it involves uh catwoman and that one definitely want to see that 
So that's on that's on the radar for sure. Like DC animation. Catwoman hunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to see one. that. That's twenty twenty two. So that's on my radar. That I'll... is next week. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that for sure. So so that's what's happening with that. Uh some stats here. Epic Games Store gave away 765 million free games last year, helping it reach 194 million users. Are you surprised by that? No, they give away a lot of free games. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, some of their games are have been repeats though. True. True. I've kind of slacked on it a little bit though. I got I didn't even check what, what happened last week. And hopefully I didn't miss anything really, really good. But I kind of slacked on it a little bit. I need to really set some reminders to make sure I get what they got going on. But 765 million free games last year. Especially the the last, what, two weeks of, of December got pretty crazy. Yeah. They gave a lot of stuff away. So I, was... I try to. I try to stay on top of it. Yeah, but yeah. That's how I know that like, some of their games have been repeats because the show's like, "Oh, I already have it. Never mind." Yeah, it's definitely a good run. And I mean, if you have a PC and you're not tapped into Epic Games to get these free uh, titles, sometimes they do a whole series celebrating. I, I don't know what year it was. Uh, maybe a year, or two years ago, maybe longer, when they did that whole Batman giveaway for from um, Epic Games. Yep. And pretty much all the major Arkham games were, were on that list and they, they gave all that away and I just have it sitting in my library. Zero dollars. All I had to do was log in and get those games. So if you have PC or you're planning to, to build a PC or whatever, you want to finally cross over like I did uh, two years ago or whatever at this point. Seems like it was yesterday though. Um, definitely consider Epic Games and you know sign up on these platforms that you could potentially get games that are pretty popular heavily discounted uh steam stuff for sure you know i love steam and everything that they're doing uh so yeah that's that's what we got for for that stuff any uh, additional thoughts yeah the current free game right now is damon machina which is a great like it's been on my steam wish list for a while so i was pretty stoked about that but if you buy anything you know you could use my epic creator code vince djm doesn't cost you anything <laughs> hello there you go Hey. Hello. Uh, so you, you have any, that. Go ahead. Bring, bring up Steam. You buy anything from the Lunar New Year sale? When does it end? Uh, January. Oh, February 3rd. I got to look at it. What's what's in there? What's it? Uh, was DuckTales oh, in there? Castle and um, Castle Evolution and all, and all those guys were in there? Um, I wouldn't I be think surprised. They, they might have been. I got to check. I got to check. But I'm trying Duck not Tales to. DuckTales Remastered is currently 75% off. For Which one? A whole whopping DuckTales Remastered. Mm. $3.74. Yeah. That's a gem right there. I need to stop. I need to stop front. I, I love all those games. I'll rebuy them, especially on Steam. So I can play them on uh, the big screen and stuff like that. The bigger screen, I should say. Just um, do it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Gotham Knights, Daniela. Yeah, I want it, but at the same time, I don't know if I. Want, it's a day one for me. I, yeah. I don't. I can't hundred percent say it's a day one for me. 
Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. It's on course to release this year. Not it's day very one. Interesting. What I find very interesting is that there's some some things that are like, oh, it's delayed, but then you're like, oh no, no, no. We're back on track. We're good. We're sticking with the original timeline. There's that that's happened a few times so far. Yeah. Kind of amazed by it. I like that. Yeah, I I'm I'm excited for it, but I need to see more. You know, I'm waiting for additional trailers, additional things uh for that. Um, but I I do want to play another Gotham game. Maybe just, you know. Throwing the old ones too on Epic Game Store for sure. So that's going to be released uh, sometime this year. Don't hold your breath because, you know, we get these announcements all the time, as you know. And then the game doesn't necessarily drop when it says it's going to drop. Um, so next thing we have here is Naughty Dog isn't ruling out making more Uncharted games. And I love that particular bit, if you will. Um, because I love everything Naughty Dog has done with Uncharted and, you know, Lost Legacy and all those things, too. What are your thoughts there? I feel like Uncharted is definitely one of those series that can have a long running. Um, just like Tomb Raider. Yeah. I, that's what I think. I think that that's the type of series and storyline and character that that people would love to see for a long long time even if it's going to be like you know reimagined and then like kind of like rebooted and given a fresh life over again i think i i just it just doesn't make sense for them to just stop because people are still buying it remaster it they're gonna buy it coming to a new platform they're gonna buy it it's just yeah. that good of a series. I mean, it's not. It's, I haven't played it, but I know a lot of people who love it. I know a lot, a lot of people who love it. So yeah, and the PS Five one just uh, dropped, right? The um, collection just dropped for PS Five this week, this past week. Yep. So people are like super excited. I'm. I love Uncharted. All I want right now, as I've mentioned it quite a few times, is for them to. Uh, what am I thinking right now? It's for them to drop a the multiplayer version on Steam. So you can kind of like rock out to that in some way, shape, or form. If they're not ruling out making more Uncharted games, if they do a free-to-play model, because everyone's doing it, right? Everyone. They can do a free-to-play with, you know, collectibles that, you know, skins and all that stuff. You know, that that whole format. Um, people will play that, you know? Just like we saw Halo drop the multiplayer first, you know, to get, you know the things ironed out for them in their system. And then they drop the campaign later, which is uh, pretty dope, by the way. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, be upset about that. If they drop more Uncharted games, I think it's great. Well, that's like they said, and just like Justin Bieber said, never say never. <laughs> never, say, never say never. <laughs> oh man. Why did you do that? Uh Okay. They said it first in their interview. Okay. Maybe maybe they're Biebers. Maybe they're Bieb fans. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. So what happened with Hyperscape? Do we know what happened? Literally nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I mean, I'm surprised that they're waiting till April to shut it down. Because right. who is playing Hyperscape still? Like... They haven't come out with updates since mid-early last year. They're not even updating their socials. 
Um, it had good potential, but it was just doing too much. And the map was, it was, the map was too cluttered. Okay. So, it's really no surprise that really the traction did not build up for it. And the fact that they were just like, they, they stopped so quickly short after coming out and not offering, you know, really much of anything. Why should that audience base, the initial audience base stick around? I'm just, I'm just amazed that they're going to, they're going to wait to April. Yeah. So it says here a little over 18 months after launch, Ubisoft is calling time on hyperspace, a uh, hyperspace, hyperscape. Hyperscape made its debut in August of 2020 after a short PC only beta where it was immediately met with a lukewarm reception. Like I don't even recall playing that. I know there were some influencers that were playing it, you know, for the marketing run for that uh for Hyper Escape. Um, after that, I forgot about it because they weren't doing anything with it. It just died fast because it was just. I personally think the the map was a hot mess and too much stuff going on. Too many, too many abilities. Too many obstacles. It was. It wasn't that interesting to stick around for. Do you believe that they're trying to salvage it? No. Okay. I don't. I think they just like stop pretty quick. They're like, okay, never mind. We tried, guys. Let's focus on other things. Like skull and bones or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How long are we still waiting for that? I am. But at this point, I'm also feeling like this. Skull and Bones might be a disappointment, too, but I'm going to be optimistic about it or try to be. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, that's um, Hyperscape for you. That's what we have there with that particular news. Uh, so uh, YouTube, you know, love it. Uh, love it, love it, love it. I love the platform. I love um, what it allows us to enjoy, do, upload, stream, all that stuff, right? A YouTube CEO. Hints at potential NFT features. Uh, That should be interesting um, because um, we don't know, you know, to what degree that they're going to jump in that particular pool or the sea of NFT things. Uh, So that should be interesting. So uh, it says YouTube NFTs may be in the works and a letter published today. Well, Today would have been uh, the 25th uh, uh, when this was uh, published. YouTube CEO Susan. I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name. Suggested the company (laughs) is looking to branch its NFTs in the future as another source of revenue for creators. I like that. And then there's a quote here. We're always focused on expanding the YouTube ecosystem to help creators capitalize on emerging technologies, including things like NFTs, while continuing to strengthen 
and enhance the experiences creators and fans have on YouTube. Okay, so Daniela, how do you feel about this? I think that it's definitely going forward um, and it's just a new system that people don't understand. I don't fully understand it. There's some like there's there's definitely gray areas that I have to keep reading into to really understand. And I don't think there's really been anybody like. It's a new experience for everybody. I don't think there's one certain person that is like knows every in and out of it and because of that it makes people nervous um and it's definitely going to be changing the way that we're looking at currency in general whether it be traditional or crypto and you know like anything that's new it scares people but the fact that these companies are looking and seeing the possible potential of it it's not going to go anywhere it's somehow going to it's going to be incorporated some way in some fashion so you might as well start learning about it now if it takes off at least you're knowledgeable if it doesn't take off then there's no loss for you you learn something new yeah so i um i recently picked up my first nft and um, it is mine mine all mine right excited about that um, it, uh, went from what I paid for it was about a hundred bucks, um, plus the gas fees and, uh, the floor price for that NFT right now, if I sold it is about $2,600. I paid a hundred dollars. Okay. Now, how does that happen? Well, and I think that's where people get lost because right, right. like, how do you spend a hundred dollars and in such a short time, it's not and worth this much. could sell it for 2,500, right? Um, yeah. or 2,600, whatever ETH, whatever one ETH is right now as the floor price. Um, that's what I can sell it now. But, but the thing that people are saying, well, um, some projects do not get to the floor price of one ETH, which is about 2,600, 20, 26, 25, whatever right now based on the time of this recording because it fluctuates some projects don't get to one eth floor price that fast um it got to the one eth floor price in two hours and they minted 1200 you know shout outs to the rundown they minted 1200 at night little hippo that's the name of the nft project right Mm -hmm. so he had uh kind of like um let's take care of the community first before we release it to the public the community came together. I think he limited to uh, two max each wallet. And people bought at 0.04, which is about 100 bucks, plus the gas fees. So it was about 150 give or take. And by the end of that night, while we were on Clubhouse doing all that, you know, people buying, excited, woo, having fun, um, the floor price got to one ETH. Okay. Now, some projects will take eight months. Some projects will take years to get uh, years years is excessive some projects may take a year plus right to get to even get that close to to a floor price of a um one eth which is about 2600 bucks right so that part is what do you do with that right so now i own this property and if people start making offers for this property that it can't go any lower than one eth because that's the floor 
I can sell it for two ETH, five ETH, seven ETH. Some people have theirs listed right now for 40 ETH, right? So 40 mm-hmm. times 2,500, 2,600, whatever that number is, right? So, so what happens is once people start reselling, the person who created the NFT gets a 15% royalty from any resale. So people are building these NFTs because they know that once they put it out to the world, people start buying them and rebuying them or whatever. They're getting a royalty from every every transaction that, that happens after that. So that's why you're seeing all these projects coming out. And and that's that's just a basic understanding for me. Uh, let me let me just be clear. That's just a basic understanding for me right now on how powerful this is and why you see all these companies, artists, um, athletes getting into it. Now, I got to say this because I think this is extremely important. If you do not do your research to secure your stuff and your stuff gets taken in some way, shape or form. This is not a centralized world. You were, there's no holding hands here. Nobody's babying you. You have to do the research to make sure that your project is legit. That's on you. It's secure. It has its utility that's attractive to the people that's going to buy it. You know, that's all the extra stuff, right? At the core of it, it should be desirable for people to want it, right? Somebody's, you know, signature, an athlete or something like that. Or some major moment like Michael Jordan, you know, doing that final shot for that um, Cleveland game back in the day that we see over and over again. That in itself could be an NFT because that moment in time, you know, changed his career and catapulted the Bulls. And so anything can be an NFT in that regard. And you own that. Right. And it raises in value over time. Board Ape, um, from what I understand, people were giving they were giving that away in the beginning. It was like point. 3.03 or 0.3 ETH, you know, in April of maybe last last April or whatever. And now people are buying board apes almost like 500K or a million or whatever. Right. So so the value is, you know, people are looking at it. It's a JPEG or it's just an image, but it's an asset. Right. You know, it's like having the Mona Lisa and people using the JPEG as the Mona Lisa, but they don't have the Mona Lisa to sell, right? They don't have the Mona Lisa to resell. You have that Mona Lisa. You're hanging it in your, in your you know, museum in your house. They see it. They say, oh, I'm on, I want to take a picture. They take a picture of that. That's cool, but they don't have that. They don't own that thing, right? And that's how I kind of like, you know, understand it in my brain. So that's powerful. But every time I sell something that I own, Everybody, the the person who created, they're all getting royalties right now, which is ridiculous, which is why you're seeing all these projects. So that's that's a long way just thinking it out a little bit. And um, it is still confusing to me, but that in and of itself is motivating me to consider even creating a project that I'm going to uh, appreciate. Consider adding utility to that project, you know, access to this or that or you know, maybe uh, leadership conferencing things and things that people really want that's valuable, right? If you look at Gary V, you can't go to VCon unless you have, you know, his NFT, right? That's either admission or a good portion of the admission to access him directly or some of the things that's going to happen there. So it's a whole new world 
don't you dare close your eyes and all that fun stuff, right? And <laughs> you have to do your research. You can't be mad if you lose. Go ahead. Okay. So I definitely fall into the things where um, there is caution within me even just diving in. That's why I haven't done it yet. Right. Uh, But at the same time, I am learning. I am like, if I don't understand it, I'm going to take the time to go and read up on it. You you should get. There are sometimes (laughs) there are sometimes where I go into this like black hole. Right. That like I'll be reading something. I'm like, wait, I don't understand. What it, what does this mean? What okay. Now I have to go look up staking. Okay. Now, okay, so there's different ways of staking and proof of work. Okay, what is this? Yeah. And then like I'm like going down because I don't like these are common terms that you'll hear and need to understand the difference between and what what happens when you do like, you know, proof of work, proof of staking, all right. all of this proof stuff. Of history, that proof you got. community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to understand those things like you you can't. So it can get a little bit tedious and a little bit overwhelming. But I understand where people are coming from at the same time. And that's why I want to understand it. More. So I have one question um, for you and then I'll be quiet. Did, did anything I say I said in the last five minutes make sense? Any of it? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. That's great. I understand from your, your point of view. But I can also understand for those really huge skeptics, the ones that... Yes, there are people who are, who are thinking about the environment, which our environment is kind of crap, and I understand that part too. But here's where like people are also coming in of like hearing that it is, you know, some type of pyramid scheme. So to to go back to when you were originally buying this, and you said the community came together that they were going to buy this before he released it out to the public. Right, he's doing it in rounds, he, like a kind of like a pre-sale type whitelisting kind of thing, right? If you get yeah, on the so white you, list, you, you sell buy it to it. the people who were you who were you know supportive of like this idea that you had. Right, starting with the community then, first before announcing it to the world. Right. So that's where I think some people start to see it as a pyramid scheme, because you have that one person at the top who created this, and then once he sells it to the next row that's below the, below him, the people who bought it initially, he's he's always going to be the top of that pyramid. He's always going to be making his royalties and people are going to be making their money too. But the further down you go and the more it resells like that, the value goes up, but people are paying more. Right. And then the, the, the thing with that also is what happens with that money when that money comes in with the royalties. So depending on the roadmap of the project, that's where people are like, well, I don't want to be affiliated with a project that has no utility, no roadmap for me, even though what you just just described is what it is. The person at the persons at the top who created the project understands the structure, right? And they're making the money when it resells based on whatever the percentage of the royalty is. So, yes, so that it is what it is. But the project had to get created, you know, all, all that stuff. That's that's just what it is. Right. And I think that some like you said, some people like that and some people don't like that. Yeah. And, and it's hard, especially if people start. Tying that idea to a pyramid scheme and knowing that in traditional sense, a pyramid scheme is a very bad thing to be a part of. Right. It's hard to change their perspective on it. I don't. They're yeah. not going to see it that way. Right. Whereas, you know, I have I've like what I've learned because I have coworkers who, you know, they're very interested on it, but they're very like in that gray area. 
And so when I try, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because this is how I'm understanding NFTs and the benefits of it. So traditional way, traditional artist paints their canvas and people love it. They sell it. They get the profit one time. They, but before they do, just know that the person who buys it, they get a certificate of authentication. Mm-hmm. And that certificate goes with that painting, no matter where it was or where it goes. Whoever buys it, they always know this is original. This right. is authentic. This belongs to this painting. It makes the value go up if you have that. But the original artist only gets paid once, never sees it again. So when I explain it to people, right, right. yeah, traditionally. So when I explain nfts to other people i think of it as okay so there's you create your art your art whatever it may be it could be it could be an audio clip it could be a it could be a digital thing it could be it could be anything but the certificate of authentication is a blockchain that's tied to it and that goes wherever that goes and it sticks with it forever and ever and the special part is anytime it's sold the original artist gets a profit gets a cut right and that's how i explain it but there's other like there's there's, there's four other more things than that. that right that um, but just to have that basic foundation about why is that why is that better i'm like well if you created something you only got paid once would i mean you're stoked you got your paid once but then you know you sold it to this person for a hundred dollars who sold it so you made a hundred dollar profit off of whatever excluding whatever time you spent whatever materials you bought maybe you made 40 bucks but that person who bought it for me a hundred dollars, people love it. He sells it for a thousand. You don't see that whatever royalties. And that person who bought it for a thousand could probably sell it for ten thousand. You don't see any of that. But these people are making a profit off of your work. Right. So it'd be nice. So that's right. like that's that's a great system to be a part of. The other half that I have yet to like I can't answer, and I'm like, I don't know the answer to that one. So I think when you think of cryptocurrency in general, because you have people who take it, they make whatever, you make your ETH, you make your Bitcoin, you make your Dogecoin, whatever it may be, and then they turn it into real-world money for them to use. Right. Where is all this money coming from? Where's which money? Like, if I take... So, you, you say, okay, so you put in... You paid um a hundred dollars and now it's worth twenty six hundred. Yeah, so I, I And you moved... want to you want to take it because you wanna put like make an extra house payment or something like that. So you take back and whatever the transaction fees, maybe you get two thousand. I'm not too sure what the transaction fees is, but just rounding to two thousand. Where well, in the world does this two thousand come? There's already from? liquidity in the asset because the asset's value has has already been proven to be whatever that number is. And this is a loose explanation too, right? So one ETH is equivalent to $2,600 right now. And the value of the 0.04 based on US dollars, because they have the conversions and all the calculators, that was about 100 bucks, right? So because the, the current value of one whole ETH is 2600 and the money that was accumulated with all the 1,200 people that raised the floor of that particular um, project, to one ETH and there's month there's and they're they're buying Ethereum to get those transactions done. So the liquidity is already there. I think that still kind of loses me. 
Yeah. So so like so if so, you look okay, at if he had a hundred pieces, he had a hundred pieces that people bought, right? And everybody, and say that at at some point each of those pieces are worth twenty thousand dollars and everybody cashed out. Where do you get the two million from? Well, the liquidity has to be there for you to take it out, which is why depending on what asset that you're using or what asset that you're transact transacting with, you have to make sure that the the liquidity is in that asset for you to exit out. If it's not there, you can't exit out. So that's why whenever you look at any project on either CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap, you'll notice that they have like different columns. Well, for NFT, you, you'll definitely see the uh, the floor price, and then there's usually a column that says liquidity. If the liquidity is not there, for let's say you you are trying to take out uh, three hundred thousand, but there's no there's not three hundred thousand worth of liquidity in there, then you're going to be stuck in the asset to either wait for the liquidity to get there, or you shouldn't have transacted with that particular asset to begin with. But when you look at Ethereum's liquidity as a whole, it's a lot. A bit, um, Bitcoin's liquidity is, I think, over a trillion at this point, and it fluctuates, give or take. So people can take money in and out of Bitcoin to transact, to um, convert to dollars uh, because the liquidity is there, because the assets have been proven and it's been there for the last 12 plus years, give or take. That's um, estimation because I didn't do the math there, right? 12 plus years, uh, 2009 to whatever it is now, right? So that's why when you're looking at the projects that you're considering, you have to make sure that if you're trying to exit out of that particular project, that the money is there for you to get out of it to turn it into uh, fiat dollars, which is U.S. dollar. So that gets that's where like the gray, dark gray and all that stuff plays in. But at the end of the day, typically they'll say something like or whoever. Consider looking at the top 100 projects. Because the top 100 usually have enough liquidity in there for you to exit out after you, you know, get the asset or trying to get out of the asset for US, U.S. dollars. So that's where all that stuff can be super rabbit hole. So no one, yeah. no one is, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where the, I think a lot of, of worry, I think, comes from too. Is just right. like, and, well, and that's where, I want my money, I want my money. Right. And if you want your money, don't, and I'm not saying you directly, you know, just thinking out loud. If the person wants their money, don't get into crappy projects because most crappy projects are not going to have enough holders. So therefore you're not going to have the liquidity there. You see what I'm saying? So Bitcoin has a lot of holders all over the world, institutional holders and retail holders, which is which is us. Right. So no one's worried about. And then even, you know, some countries, I think Rio is a recent one. I guess this turned this turned into a crypto show. Um, so <laughs> so recently, a Rio, I think, is setting reserves to have Bitcoin as reserve. So they're always going to have Bitcoin as reserve. So if anybody's concerned that Bitcoin will go to zero. It may never happen because some countries and territories are starting to consider having Bitcoin in their reserves, right? So you're not, you're never going to see, never say never, okay? You may never see Bitcoin go to zero because the floor will always be at something because countries and territories are holding it at reserves, right? And this started as an NFT conversation. How did we get here, Daniel? <laughs> okay. 
because so, they all tie in. It's it, it's, right. it's something that I think, I think, even okay, you're definitely more so into it than I am. I'm still at the the cusp there, just learning. I'm still and that's learning a huge too. Thing. I think I think it is our our responsibility as uh as journalists as as people to try to share that knowledge and i like that our conversation is from two dis- different perspectives you being in it longer than i am and i'm still learning about it that to put that out there because like i've mentioned before like there's gatekeepers about this info who who don't share as as much and they'll right. tell you to go and read which really you really should i i'm doing it and if you really really want to understand it you want to build a confidence that's what you need to do. I mean, it's the same as traditional currency, traditional money, and you're trying to change the mindset of of how we deal with our budget. Now you're trying to change that. Like you, you have generations who have like, okay, I go to school, I get a job, I make money, I save money, I, and the bank handles it all. And I think that's that's like the beautiful part about about cryptocurrencies in general is that. This is something that you control. You don't have a third party that's, you know, handling it for you. Right. That's the you blessing and that's the, the danger. Yep. Yeah, it is. That's the responsibility that you take on when you get into this is that you're taking away that safety net that the bank is going to be there. Well, the bank, if you want to take out some excessive amount, the bank's not going to give that to you instantly. They're like, you're going to wait because that's got to clear. Right. You might be able to give it to you in a week. It might take a couple of weeks. Right. But and the other thing, too, is like most people aren't aware is that your asset going into the bank is a liability to them because they owe you once it's in there. And all the charges that they do from, you know, charging you for a checking, you know, a checking specific transaction or um, overdraft fees, all those fees that they can actually, you know, take and not charge you. They rather give all that money to their shareholders and give it to you. So they're making money on your money as soon as it hits that particular system, right? Once it goes into them, right, your asset is now their liability. So you're waiting to get your money for a couple of days, like you said, because I think it's a process called a rehypothecation, right? They take your money and mm-hmm. it, it's bar- they borrow against your money, right? They're doing all this stuff with your money, but they give you less than 1% at the end of every year. But yet you see the crypto market, they give you more. And as you see, the government is coming in and they're trying to regulate things and saying that it is uh, protecting you from uh, a blanket statement like money laundering. We have your best interest in mind. So to to make sure that all the money laundering doesn't happen, we're going to do a tight, you know, iron fist type thing on everybody. Right. That's what they're proposing. Right. And that doesn't make sense because if are you saying that money laundering only happens in the future of finance, which is right now? Are we not talking about all the money laundering that has taken place with the fiat dollar ever since we can remember? Nobody's talking about that. Let's just talk about the future of finance. That's the issue. Is it though? Right? Not the money laundering that has been done from countries and territories all over the world and how you're dealing with the money, right? The the people in America, the the leaders, right? What's happening there? No, no money, no money laundering. Are we reporting any of those? But we're going to focus on a the future of finance that is changing how the world thinks about money, uh, views money, investing money, creating billionaires, millionaires every other quarter, probably. Who knows at this point, right? But nobody, nobody's talking about this in school. You're because, not getting okay. this at all. 
zero. Huh? Exactly. That's what I was going to bring up. That's exactly what I'm bring up is that they don't teach you these things. They don't explain these things to you in school because that's the way that they can further perpetuate. You know, you need us. They want you to work. And I think that is that's a terrible that's a terrible way to say it. But everything that you have to learn about cryptocurrency and that dealing the bank does for you. And you just don't even realize it. Like everything you just explained. And I'm not talking about you. And I'm just talking yeah, about I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people that are listening. It's, it's, it's that. They take away the power and they don't explain anything. Like they don't explain what they do with your money. You just think, oh, I checked the app on my phone or on the website. Yeah, my money is there. There's, they do so much more with your money. It's just like, like you said, this is how much we owe you. Not necessarily how much you have. They're they're not your friends. They pretend like they're doing you a favor. All those transactions that they can give you as money in your pocket. Some some banks will waive. You know they'll say I'll waive this time. I'll waive next time. They could waive it forever. They could waive it as long as your account is in existence. They're not going to do that. They're going to take that money and give it to the shareholders. And you're going to get point zero zero one percent. Maybe, maybe close to a percent at the end of the year, but that's not going to happen. It's not designed for you to get the benefits. Of, I was going to tell you something else, too. It's it kind of slipped my mind. I was going to share something with you. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not saying that I'm like 100 percent anti-government on things, but I think that the government has its hands in too many things. The, yeah, no, I know that's not what you're saying. Also portrays, you know, what type of power that you have. And I think when it comes to our money, your money, your livelihood. I think you should have the freedom to know and to control what is happening. And that's what cryptocurrency to me is, is like taking back that control. Yeah. Is it a little bit more work for you to do? Yes. Is it something new to learn? Absolutely. But it's something that you control. Right. It is something so, that is yours. So so here's, and here's the thing. Nobody can put their hands in it. Nobody could put their hands in it. Absolutely correct. Here's the thing, right? When people believe that the, the word evasion and avoidance is the same thing when you're talking about taxes, that tells you you were never designed uh, to know, according to the scholastic system, what you can and cannot do with your money, right? Tax evasion is wrong. Yeah. Every time. Tax avoidance is not wrong, right? Because if you understand how the system works and you have a great tax preparer and they avoid you paying taxes because they have the loopholes for those things, you avoiding taxes legally is not wrong. You evading taxes, they're going to come after you for the rest of your life until you pay. That's how that works. But you're not taught the difference between the two. So when someone says this person avoided taxes and they only paid 750 bucks, they got great tax preparers. That's what that is. How do you avoid paying taxes or they're making all this money, but they only paid a grand in taxes or they're making... All this money as a company and they pay no taxes the last seven years. Maybe they understand the system and you don't. Right. 
But these are the things that are uncomfortable to talk about because we'd like to believe that we have all the answers when it comes to this, this stuff. And I sure do not have all the answers, but I'm learning a lot when it comes to this stuff. And if you're going to consider the future of finance, personal finance, and really get in there, now, now is the time because you're still early when it comes to cryptocurrency. You're still early when it comes to NFTs. You are still early, right? So there's a lot there. And I don't know how we got all that, but all that. <laughs> and it's good, it's good info, and like it's just educating yourself and taking back that power and that control for yourself. I mean, there's reasons certain things aren't taught in school. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I ju- I do strongly believe there's a means. I mean, there's books written like like Rich Dad, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Absolutely. Um, and where you know that's definitely focusing on traditional sense of you know saving money, investing money, being smart, knowing what you can do with your money. Um, and that's not is that information is out there, but how many people really know about the book or the purpose of the book or how beneficial it can be um it's just educating yourself and knowing how how to bend these certain things like rich people aren't going to tell you how they how they do all of these things because then they lose out on the market that is your low income or mid to low income families who are generally i i want to say and and, and I, I really really sucks and i, I hope that nobody takes this the wrong way but like those low income families, they really are the reasons why our society really fully function the way it does. With without them, you know how many people would be so mad if they couldn't get their Starbucks? How many people need their their fast food and just can't function without it? But yet these people are are struggling because they weren't given that opportunity or that education to be able to live comfortably. So it it doesn't hurt to jump in and and learn about this stuff now. Invest into it, you know, like create your own F- NFTs. And it really, there is it's so easy, and that's don't, that's the thing. Don't okay, invest so even, into it. We're not giving advice, but do I'm just some reading. To ed- educate, do some reading, you know, and and see how you can market yourself to be profitable. Um, it's really really great resources out there, but you know, to look into it. That that's all I got to say about that. I know we we went like down the rabbit hole of, of a NFT little bit, things. a little bit. That's what happens. <laughs> and we still have one more NFT conversation. <laughs> one more. Now we're not we're not gonna be long winded on that one. So so worms NFT blockchain collection. That's a thing. Uh, so definitely look at what's happening. Meta worms. Okay, that's what it's called. That's by team. Yeah, team seventeen. Team seventeen. Yeah, that's has partnered with there. Reality Gaming Group to mint their new generative NFT collection. Yeah, people are making money. People are making money. And and I'll say it again. People are making money. You don't do your research. You don't secure yourself. Okay, you don't um, take all the precautions. If you don't, you're going to lose. I mean, I've been rug pulled. I lost a couple of dollars, like literally five bucks, six bucks. But it's still a rug pull. You know, they build a project. You know, you put all your money in it. And then they unlock the the liquidity, uh, which is supposed to be locked like 365 days or whatever, you know, sometimes longer. 
They unlock it and then they take all the money and then they disappear. They delete Twitter accounts. They delete telegrams. They delete, you know, YouTube channels and they run away with the money because you thought this team who, who probably they probably weren't doxxed that they had your best interest in mind when they created the project. You didn't know who they were and then they just vanish. Okay. Like ninjas, literally. Okay. That happens. But if you know, the project is not a, you know, Algorand, it's not, you know, a major blue chip project, you know, go with caution, right? Go with caution, learn about the blockchain that you're going to do it on NFTs. You got Tezos, you got Solana, which is good. Ethereum is pretty popular, but the gas fees are high. Just do the research for yourself. Don't be mad if you lose. I lost a little bit, right? But don't be mad if you lose. It's this is the this is not centralized banking. So if that's what you're looking for, you're looking for insurance, you're in the wrong game. I'm just going to say it. you're in the wrong game. So that's that. I, I, I have one last thing. Go so ahead. A couple of days ago, Ubisoft also came out with, you know, they, they brought out and did an interview with um, Ars Technica um, about what was it called? That, that gamers aren't they know they're gamers are always right, yet somehow they misunderstand NFTs. So what they're what they're talking about for I think it's Ubisoft digits, is that that is something that they are going to be looking into, and they probably most likely will be um, bringing into their their world of things um, with one concept that I I think some people can kind of understand is that you know you get your skins, you unlock them, whatever it is, but when you're done with it, when you're done with the game you can sell that asset you can create your own blockchain with this and you know sell it somebody else can have that skin um definitely think that you know epic games could definitely profit off of that mentality and um with all of their skins you have no idea like for people who are jumping in and their skins that they miss especially if they jumped in later on in the game there i know there's people who are willing to buy accounts just for a specific skin from season one. But if you can take that that skin and resell it, why wouldn't you? And that's, I think, kind of where Ubisoft is going with it. It's not on our notes, but I know that they had this. Yeah. This, yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely a game changer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so head of gaming, Ryan Wyatt, is leaving YouTube to join Polygon Tech. Uh, that's big news, um, but he's been talking about Web3 stuff for a little bit now. That's not surprising, um, but, um, you know, congratulations to him on that. I look forward to seeing what he's going to do with Polygon Matic. That's a great, great crypto to research. Um, it is a top 100 project, and, um, yeah, Polygon is, is pretty, pretty dope. So definitely check those things out. Thoughts on that? And that's probably why YouTube is like, hey, you know what? You go over there. We know somebody. Yeah, that can hey, make it man. happen for us. <laughs> so it's um, it's definitely so it says here. Let me just read this part here. In one description, Polygon compares itself as the broadband to Ethereum's Internet with faster transaction speeds and fees that are 10,000 times cheaper. Yeah. Nobody likes high gas fees, even after Ethereum 2.0, whatever that is. 
you'll probably get a little bit lower gas fees, but it's not going to be that much lower. Uh, you're still going to complain. But some people are still, let me just say that, some people will still complain about the gas fees uh, once Ethereum decides to do the 2.0 when, when they finally implement that. So uh, those are the only thoughts I have there. Uh, thoughts? No. Sweet. Sweet. And last but not least, uh, EA confirms three respawn Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Any thoughts on that, Daniela? Not specifically about the games, but I love how every generation you're going to have such a huge Star Wars fans being born every day. Absolutely. So, Star Wars, long-time series. That's not going to disappear anytime soon. I can picture it being 100 years from now and people are still going to love the original. <laughs> that is, if somebody doesn't, like, come along and ruin it and, like, hey, let's reboot Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great series, book, games, movies, all of it. Star so, Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is always going to be dope. Uh, it says uh, new Star Wars first person shooter game is being helmed by former LucasArts veteran and a Medal of Honor co-creator Peter Hirschman, who has previously who has previously worked on the original Battlefront games, The Force Unleashed, and more. So there's that. Uh, Hirschman most recently directed 2020 VR title Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Respawn's third Star Wars project is a strategy game developed through a production collaboration with Bit Reactor, which is a new studio formed by a veteran of XCOM and Civilization Studio, Veraxis Games. That's what we have here in this particular article. Uh, and that's that's the last bit of news that we have. But um, but yeah, why did you do this crypto rabbit hole, Daniela? I didn't. I was not trying. You you put the first one down first. I just put the second one, and then you know. I was not trying to go down the rabbit hole, but it's crazy. Like the things that we talked about today to somebody who's um not really in the rabbit hole of you know personal finance and and the future of finance. They're gonna be like, what on earth are they saying? No, right. but I think it's it's good to talk about because it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, I'm not saying to take all your your dollars and invest it into crypto, but it's it doesn't hurt. Like you never it, it does, okay. Money 101 period, you never put your money in a single basket. Ever. <laughs> so like you're not going to take all your money and just invest it into silver because silver just doesn't lose its value. It can. It does. But, you know, you're going to spread that just like your 401k. You're not going to have all of your money invested into one stock. You're going to have a variety of stocks to be making money off of. This is just something else to just give it a try. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Uh, crypto is the uh, digital money of it, if you want to say that. And then uh, NFTs are the digital goods. That's somewhat of a simple way to look at it or not. <laughs> that could be complicated, too. So. Um, that's all I have. Any final thoughts, Daniela? Nope, I'm good. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to episode 607. Definitely join the club on Clubhouse if you hang out there. Uh, Daniela, there is a minting happening of an NFT coming up this Wednesday. I don't know if you're interested in that, but it is happening. Um, 
that is going to happen on Clubhouse. The club is The Rundown. That's Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're interested in checking that out, what's that? what that's all about, Little Hippo. Uh, so join the community, thealliancediscord.com. That's a new link. That's a new domain, thealliancediscord.com. That'll take you to the Discord. Definitely uh, tap in there. Uh, follow Andrew and Daniela. Who am I speaking? <laughs> I'm not saying it like <laughs> I don't know who that is. Daniela, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and TikTok at Miss DJM. And where can they find you, Andrew? You can find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. The podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Uh, definitely check out the newsletter at andrew-alliance.com. Thank you for listening, and uh, we are out. Bye.